swing, swing, swing here. Oh, hammer that. Give me some of this over the triple <laughs> block. Yes. That guy's going to swing no matter where he is. Ace, it's over. Volleyball! Welcome to the series premiere of Over the Top, your all-access view inside BYU Men's Volleyball. Great to have you. I'm Jerem Jordan. He is Steve Vale. We've been told we have faces for radio, so here we are, Steve. You know, I don't know how great my voice is for radio, but my face is perfect. <laughs> and no one will see it. Uh, we've been broadcasting Cougar Volleyball on BYU TV together for 13 years now. Steve, you've been doing it since... No, three, four, eighteen hundred, and yep. I can't remember. When the it's pioneers been a while. <laughs> arrived in the valley, you started. We love the game, the team, the fans. It's awesome. It's worldwide. We love the relationship with the fans that watch. Some of which are BYU, some of which are not, and uh, it's awesome, man. So now we have this medium to tell the stories of Cougar volleyball. It's going to be awesome, dude. Let's get this baby out on the open road and open her up. Here's the show lineup. We'll recap top-ranked BYU's upset lost Thursday. What? What happened? BYU lost to UCLA. We'll chat with Davide Gardini as well. BYU's All-American number one outside hitter. Steve's Wow Moments of the Week. His 80s and 90s movie or TV show of the week. Some doppelgangers as well. Where Are They Now? Featuring Ossie Antonetti, the opposite on the 1999 national team, and his connection to Gabby Garcia Fernandez. And we'll chat with head coach Sean Olmstead about tonight's match with UCLA. But let's go back to Thursday night. Steve, shocker, BYU loses to UCLA in four. The big story before the match, UCLA announces they have three starters out due to COVID protocols. BYU's Will Stanley, the setter, sprained his ankle Monday. Zeo Meyer, the freshman, is thrown in. And BYU ends up having 24 hitting errors and hitting 168 and loses. This was shocking. Yeah, we're talking, it's a, p- a precursor for my wow moments. Really weird to come out and have that happen. And I'm not saying that Zio wasn't going to just be an amazing setter for BYU. Such amazing potential. But, man, I'll tell you, with that lineup and having 24 hitting errors. It was weird. Yeah, it was like watching a Twilight Zone episode. And, and the twist at the end of the episode was BYU comes away with a loss. And the fact that, that UCLA didn't even travel three of their starters, crazy. Yeah, it was nuts. Um, so Brody Ernest had a knee injury. He was the backup setter last year. He's not ready to go this year. So he did not play in the game. And then, uh, oddly enough, BYU has a two-game losing streak. That feels weird. Super weird. Yeah. Uh, wow. Moment number two. Gabby Garcia Fernandez had 16 kills. That was a match high. 13 hitting errors on 40 swings. He's getting plenty of opportunities, but there's a little bit of a disconnect there. And he hit .075 and no aces. Eight digs. That was good, but it was a weird match. No, it totally was. And I'll tell you, there was at one point he was visibly upset. I remember him tearing his mask uh, ripping it off of his face on one of the timeouts. Like, he was visibly upset, both he and, and Davide. And that was just it. The, the location of his sets uh, playing in the back row, that D was more like a, a C set. And then also a, a really low set to the outside for Gardena. I mean, 6'9", man. Get it up there. Felipe Burrito Fajeda, nine kills, 571, six blocks. As you mentioned, Gardini, six kills at triple zeros. Uh, so it, it was it was tough. What do you expect to be different tonight against UCLA in round two? I think BYU is going to come at things a little bit differently. Uh, they were probably a little bit nonchalant at some points and, and kind of thought that they were just going to walk right over the top of UCLA. And that was the ex- expectation, I think, from everybody. Was, I totally had that. BYU's number one. BYU oh started 17-0. They only lost at number one Hawaii and last three year. Three starters not even traveling. Yeah, I thought BYU was just going to destroy them. And so I think BYU did too. They didn't realize the kind of fight that UCLA had. And boy, they grinded the entire match. So I think the difference is the mindset for BYU. They're going to come out 
hungry tonight. I'm excited to see it. 6 Eastern time tonight against UCLA right here on BYU TV. Okay, any doppelgangers of note to look out for? Because that's always the thing you bring up during the matches. Yeah, Mix, uh, he doesn't get Mix a lot Ramanus, of... Ramanus, freshman for BYU. Yeah, the, the Star Trek great. He, uh, he absolutely... <laughs> I was watching him warm up. The guy's got a cannon for his shoulder, by the way. And I'm like, oh my gosh, Ricky Schroeder, he finally grew up. Yeah, he looked just like I, Silver Spoons. I, I can't remember the TV show. He was in like a cop drama. Yeah, that's Ricky Schroeder. That's how old I am that I'm, I'm referencing Rick Schroeder. You are so, old. <laughs> and then the other is uh, the libero for UCLA. Boy, Cole he looked, Pender. Pender, man. He looks just like Ben Stiller's uh, guy in uh, Dodgeball. I think his first name was White. I can't remember his last name. But yeah, just like it's <laughs> so needs a funny. goatee? Oh, my gosh. You saying? can dodge a wrench. We say that all the time, right? Yeah, yeah. That's I great. love it. That's awesome. Okay, each week we're going to connect with a former player in a segment we call Where Are They Now? I had to start with my favorite player growing up. No, it wasn't Steve Vale. I didn't know Steve yet. The opposite, the fro, the national title in 99. Here's Ossie Antonetti. Cougars. Uh, my name is Ossie Antonetti. Um, after BYU, I've been trying to keep and nurture that culture of excellence that I learned uh, while being a national champ. So go Cougars and uh, best of luck during the season. Always great to hear from Ossie. He's living in Spain. He has three kids and his wife there with him. Uh, his, his son's a pretty good soccer player. That's why they moved to Spain. So hmm, no way. He's, he's coaching. He's also the Puerto Rican national team coach, which means he's going to be hanging out with Gabi Garcia Fernandez for several years. That is so cool. Two of BYU's greats in the oppo position teaming up together. They're gonna, those guys are going to be amazing. Gabi told me this week that uh, Ossie checks in with him regularly. So pretty fun to have the old school and the new school from so BYU great. hanging out together. Okay, coming up, we'll chat with head coach Sean Olmstead, and we'll get to know the best outside hitter in the country a little bit better as we chat with Davide Gardini. This is Over the Top on BYU Radio. Welcome back to Over the Top. I'm Jerem Jordan with Steve Vale. Davide Gardini is a junior now. The Italian from Ravenna, Italy, is the son of a legend and became one quickly as he was the MPSF Newcomer of the Year as a freshman. Then last year won the Karch Karai Award for Best Outside Hitter and was a first-team All-American as a sophomore. He is in this week's Cougar Conversation. All right, Davide, tell us a little bit about Ravenna, Italy. What's it like there? Oh, man, it's it's a great city. It's where my heart is. You know, it's uh, it's a little town kind of in the north of Italy, and it's just pretty. You know, it's not a huge city, but there is a lot of history there. People are super nice. That's where I grew up. I think most of my life I spent there. So it's really like a big part of me. It's something that I miss a lot for sure. Was volleyball always part of the equation for you since your dad was a famous volleyball player? No, it wasn't. Actually, I started playing soccer when I was a little kid, and I played until I was 13, 14 years old. And then I started playing volleyball. But honestly, it wasn't like I didn't fall in love right away. It took me like a second, some practices, like almost a year, I'd say, to be able to really appreciate the game and fall in love with it. So right now, for sure, is a big part of my life, but I cannot say it's always been. Like my family is a volleyball family, but... Me, myself, got into my life a little bit later, for sure. Did you ever feel pressure to play, or was that just a normal, natural thing that at some point you were like, yeah, I'll play? Because for those who don't know, your dad is a three-time world champ, a three-time Olympian. That's a big deal. 
Yeah, it's, uh, I, I never felt the pressure. Um, some people made fun of my dad, some of his friends when I was playing soccer. It's like, come on, is he really playing soccer? But <laughs> I, I, I loved it, and I, he really didn't care. Honestly, my family was super supportive. They were like, hey, whatever you want to do. So um, I just, at some point, I realized I wanted to change. Soccer wasn't what I was liking anymore, so I went into volleyball. But it was my choice, and I did it just because I wanted to try. Never felt any pressure. What position were you in soccer? I was, I did pretty much everything, but I ended as a striker, so yep. the, the striker, yeah. So you were good in the air, I take it, because you were tall? I was pretty good at that, yeah, for like sure. Like a Peter Crouch type from yeah, England? exactly. Everybody would talk, like, would say that I was like him, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who's your favorite Italian soccer player ever? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, there's so many, but Pirlo or Del Piero, they're for sure two big ones for me and Pirlo is like coaching Juventus right now so that's the team I cheer for and yeah I was gonna ask who the team was and it was Juventus versus everybody else yeah. so Juventus <laughs> yeah. Juventus for sure yeah that's awesome. uh mine's Roberto Baggio if you were wondering Roberto Baggio. Oh. Na- 94 World Cup unfortunately missed a PK yeah. but yep. you went back a lot I, I wasn't even I don't know if I was born there but like it's a yeah I'm like more recent players yeah for sure okay so how's the Italian food in Provo Utah it's it's okay. I struggled a little bit my freshman year and sophomore year actually to find good places. I gotta admit this year I started finding more and more places and I have Italian friends that actually open at a new restaurant like a bistro place. So I'm I'm finding more and more places and it's kinda good, you know, sometimes you just go get a pizza and you're like, Oh, that's a real one. This is <laughs> this this is Italy right here. So I, I'm getting better. Like hopefully my, by the end of my be what you experience. I'll know every single Italian place around here. <laughs> um, so do, do you cook? Do you like to cook? Yeah, I cook. I like to cook, of course, Italian food. But I, I, have, I live with Will, Hawaiian. So I, he taught me some of, like, Hawaiian plates. Uh, but I like to cook for sure. It's, it takes some time. So not every day I have, like, time to do it with school and practice. But I always try. At least the dinner, I always cook it myself. And it's something that relaxes me. I know it's good for my body what I cook. And I just like it as a routine. Is living with Will, does that get you a few more sets per game? Like, does he, does he shoot it out to you a little more because you're roommates? You're like, hey, roommate, come on. I really don't think so. <laughs> I think it's the opposite, actually, because we go, we go back to our place at night. I'm like, hey, like, we start discussing things, and we get a little heated. And it's like, oh, come on. And so I could see him not setting me because of that, not, like, setting me more for sure. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, last year you went viral with the behind-the-head hit. Um, did people in Italy reach out to you? Did they see it? Did, that go cra- did it go crazy there, too? Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know if they went crazy, but for sure, like, it traveled, the, like, everybody saw it. And then in, in Italy, too, a lot of people reposted it. And I went back there, and some of some people that I really didn't even know that well came up to me. and was like, oh, I saw your video. I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> from Provo, Utah, all the way to Ravenna, Italy, it's kind of crazy. But, yeah, it was, it was fun to see that something that we do here, like, can be seen overseas, you know? Yeah, and, and have you noticed that? Because over the last 15 years or so of being involved with BRTV, it's like, wow, people are watching all over the world. It's kind of cool, especially yeah. for an Italian like yourself. Yeah, no, and for sure, like BYU Media, BYU TV, and everything here is so great. And not a lot of other schools get that, especially for volleyball. So it, it, it's great to have that. And so I know that my family can watch me and people all over the world. And it, it's just a good thing to have for sure. I did not pay Davide to say that. I just want to point that out. What's it like being 6'9"? Is it hard to shop? Is it hard to get through doors? I, I'm six foot. I, I don't have to deal with that. <laughs> I got used to it. It's hard to shop a little bit. Shoes are fine. What, what size shoe are you? 
I'm 14. 14. Yeah. Okay, it could be worse, right? Yeah, yeah. No, no, not too bad. Yeah. I can find shoes. The struggle is pants. Pants mm-hmm. is just like... And, and you're skinny. Yeah, of course. So <laughs> it, it's tough for sure. But um, I, I find my stuff and I got used to it. The only thing is here, not even that much. In Italy, being 6'9", when you go around, a lot of people look at you. Like everyone looks at you. Mm-hmm. And it can feel a little uncomfortable sometimes. But when I was little, you know, but now I got older and I kind of got used to it. Last year, uh, when the season ended, Off the Block still did their end-of-season awards, and you won the Karch Cry Award for Best Outside Hitter. What did that mean to you to win that award? Uh, it, it felt great. You know, it's, It was in a tough period because we had just got our season cut, so it, it, was, it was a great thing for me personally, and I know I got to, to know Karch Cry last year. Uh, I know my dad knows him very well. He played in Italy, so it, 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 it meant something. Like It meant something good to me, and I was, I was very proud of that. Okay, obviously last year you mentioned the season cut off. You guys had just beaten Hawaii. You just became number one. Ugh, the season ended, the pandemic hit. It's the longest offseason ever. Tell us how this team has used that time to come back strong and be the number one team again going into this season. Yeah, it, it was a long process. You know, like the first part, we were all like by ourselves. Everybody kind of went home. I went back to Italy. Lipe went back to Brazil. So we all dealt with our own stuff that we had going in our lives. But when we came back here in uh, September, we didn't even know if we were going to have a season or not. I kind of felt that like, there was still a lot going on for everybody in the gym, and we, we fought through it. You know, we, we worked hard and like conditioning, weights, and it just it, we started getting this feeling that, hey, we're gonna play, and so it started growing more and more, and we we knew we were gonna be able to get a great team again, so we worked hard, we worked hard again, and I think it's just a great off season for us, a long one, but a great one for sure. <laughs> okay, well, I think I speak for Cougar Nation when we're stoked to uh, play this season. I know you guys are antsy. Oh, yeah, we are. We cannot wait for that for sure. <laughs> okay, thanks, Davide. Yeah, thank you, Jim. Okay, Davide Gardini. He's a junior now. Pivotal piece of what BYU hopes is a title team in May. Yeah, for uh, for as long as we need to have a, a backup setter in there, they've got to figure out a way to get that set a little bit higher. I know he struggled Thursday night because the set seemed a little bit low and his numbers were off, and I think it affected him uh, hitting, blocking, and serving. But if you get that set into his wheelhouse, that dude is automatic. He is going to be so fun to watch this year. 6-9. Get it up high. Let's go. For real. Okay, story time. In 2013 or something, we were calling a match. You were saying wow a lot during the match, Steve. <laughs> I always do. At the time, BYU linebacker Kyle Van Noy, now a two-time Super Bowl champ for the Patriots and currently with the Dolphins, like a $51 million deal. Wow. Winning. Tweeted something like, if this BYU announcer keeps saying wow... <laughs> And so we're honoring that wonderful moment in a weekly segment we are calling Steve's Wow Moments of the Week. This is Steve's Moments of the Week. So, Steve, what do you have for us? I got a couple, I guess. And it's it's funny that we're doing this because that kid, that he got on my head so bad that <laughs> night. It's been a lot of people's heads oh my in the gosh. NFL. Too. Yeah, I know, right? He's in everybody's head, so, and he should be making that kind of money. But uh, there's been a couple of wow moments uh, this year. For one, the fact that we're playing, right? Even though it's weird and there's no fans and we're wearing masks, it's awesome that we're out there playing. Another wow moment is that BYU opens the season with a loss. That was really, really uh, wowful, I guess. Another wow moment is talking to head coach uh, John Sprah for, for UCLA. He mentioned that getting here, getting on the airplane and in the airport, they had to wear masks and shields. Uh, to be able to travel, and they weren't even allowed to drink water or eat food in the airport. In fact, I think they were able to do the water thing because the soccer team for UCLA 
played their match and they were all dehydrated because they didn't get good drink water. So that was weird. And then he mentioned like he did some uh, he went to some uh, event and the Chinese, you know, what, uh, whoever they are. He's the USA men's volleyball coach. Right. So he's all over the world. Yeah. So they were at some match and the, the Chinese diplomats or big time guys, whoever they were, they showed up in hazmat suits like which we might like, at some point on. this year. Who knows? I, I, that's the thing. They were the first people to start wearing masks like a couple of years ago. And we're like, why are they wearing masks? And now we're all wearing masks. So who knows? Maybe in a year from now, we're all going to be looking like the dudes from ET walking around in these big giant right, right, suits. Right, right, and right. yeah, seriously, I, I hope not. But yeah, that was a big wow one too. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. That was Steve's <laughs> moments of the week. As we go to break, see if you can nail this trivia question like Steve nailed the Bick back in the day. UA has three national titles, but how many Final Fours have the Cougars been to? We'll tell you after the break. Okay, before the break, we asked you today's trivia question. How many Final Fours have BYU men's volleyball been to? The answer is nine. Five of those happened since 2013, by the way. Quite the run. Three national title games uh, as well, in addition to the three national championships. BYU looking for its first national title this year. Since 2004, which brings us to our next guest, who was the starting libero on that team, two-time national champ. He's the winningest coach in D1, D2 men's volleyball. He is Sean Olmstead. Sean, welcome to the maiden voyage of Over the Top. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm uh, super excited. I, li- I like the name Over the Top. That's, uh, I think that's how Steve Vale, like, he has that tattoo <laughs> on his right bicep. Ouch. Backhanded compliment. <laughs> totally. Not to be confused with the <laughs> Sylvester Stallone arm wrestling movie, right? Yeah, no. Which was a great – I remember watching that over and over as a kid. What a great movie. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. It's free on YouTube. I discovered that the other day, and uh, I watched it for like a year and a half ago for the first time. Great, great stuff. Oh, so good. Okay, so obviously Thursday night did not go the way you were expecting. Um, it's been a couple of days. You're matching up with UCLA again tonight. What's been the message to your team after that loss? Yeah, you know, just to uh, – we, we had to process it a little and, and definitely tough, especially considering the circumstances, the buildup, uh, you know, coming off of uh, what was last year kind of cut short. And then the buildup of uh, the training block, which we all believe has been very, very positive. And uh, the guys have been done a great job considering kind of everything swirling around throughout uh, the unknowns of season, of non-conference, of conference. And uh, yeah, definitely UCLA, uh, I, I, you, you got to give your hats off to, you know, credit where credit's due um, to the victors go the spoils, I think they also say is. They, they just had a little uh, tougher mindset, you know, and uh, the energy, you know, the, the excitement. Uh, they they kind of rattled our guys and there was a little shell-shocked. You know, we were up, I think, 15-11 at one point and, and uh, we just did not focus on, on giving away points. We, we, were, we seemed a little uh, nonchalant about a few things here, there, those errors. And, and when you do that, you, you know, you're going to allow a team to be right there. And they just kept within striking distance and, and then converted those points. And, and with the energy and momentum of volleyball, when you do that, it can quickly change. And uh, it did. So uh, we've talked a lot about that and, um, you know, try to just help the guys understand that, hey, it's the start to the season. Um, it is what it is. It occurred. And what, what do we learn from it and how do we get better now going forward? So Zio uh, was kind of thrown in here after Will hurt his ankle. Zio, uh, the freshman, 
coming in to, to set that team. We were talking a little bit before that match, like what's what's his mindset? Where where's his confidence level and everything? And now that that match has come and gone, twenty four hitting errors with that lineup. How is uh? How, I mean, is he brun? Is he taking the brunt of this on himself, or like, what's his confidence level like at this point? You know, um, it's natural that a young kid like that, you know, takes it tough, and and I know he did, and so we've we've been sitting down with him a bunch, and and I think the guys have done a really good job being patient with him, because um, in the end, you know, it doesn't it doesn't all fall on his shoulders, but when you get a young player like that, unfortunately, they can process uh, that 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 they believe that it was on their shoulders. And that definitely was not the case, you know? Um, and so we're, we're just helping him to, to recover. He's a, he is a very, very talented player, a really, really talented player. And, um, you know, I think probably got up in the, got caught up in the frustration of, you know, the guys not killing the ball and sets, you know, a little right or left of, of their window. And we didn't take good swings from there when, when, it when, when we needed to be a little smarter with our swings, considering like the situation or the location of the set. And so that again, doesn't fall entirely on the setter's hands and they may process it that way, but uh, it's our job to help them see that, Hey, there's a bigger picture and um, we can all be a little bit better. So game two, obviously uh, of the season playing UCLA again, you've been through the ringer before in terms of playing the same team again. So other than, uh, you know, trying to sync up some of those uh, adjustments. And you said, it. Well, yeah, it wasn't just the setting. Where do you feel like tonight this team can be better? And where did you feel like you were good enough on Thursday? Well, we were very, very good passing. Uh, one of our better passing performances ever. And, and, but uh, I think uh, getting into a show like this, it's fun to, to look at things maybe from a coaching first perspective and a, a little different angle. I think Spira. Uh, went outside uh, outside the box a little in terms of his uh, g- game plan, and he could tell that things weren't clicking on our side, and so he pulled their servers back a little, you know, and said, "Hey, just put the ball on BYU," because we, were, which was shocking, because we were passing so well. But he did that, understanding that they were able to get good touches and um, that they would be able to convert from there. So he made a really, really uh, a crucial, I think, uh, coaching change in that sense. So. We, we talk about things. We, we believe uh, we're a very strong team. Uh, you know, we, we've got depth in, in every location. And so we've really focused more on ourselves and our side of the net because I think that's the key there. When you look at the situation, and this isn't a commentary on excuse or reason for loss, just generally speaking, playing with no crowd outside of family members and then wearing masks, obviously it's different. What was it like for you guys? Yeah, it, it's different, but uh, I, I I like how you kind of uh, frame that question because I believe in just you know competition, the the true grit and and uh, the true nature of competition. As I as you know, I'm a huge MMA fan, and and I, I you know the gate gets closed and it's you mano a mano, you know you against another guy, and I, I enjoy that aspect of of competition and so what watching it's a not bummer participating was, right <laughs> no 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 i mean you know i've gone through workouts I, it's Ooh. fascinating to me but just the mindset of you know it, it, you've got to compete and you know the cage is closed and so maybe we got to look at it they you know the court's closed it's us against them and who can compete a little more who can be a little smarter you know and yeah it, it's always the fans at the smith field house are the greatest fans in the world but in reality, that that this is the situation that we're going to be uh, faced with this whole year. And so we have to be better than that 
with with or or without fans, which is what it's going to be. Let's end with this. BYU and UCLA, storied rivalry. We've heard stories over the years of just some of the just craziness between these two. I don't get the sense these two programs hate each other right now. I think I think they did, and there was a healthy respect competitively, but kind of rubbed you the wrong way back in the day. Give us a sense of maybe maybe an example or a story of, of BYU and UCLA from back in the day. Um, yeah, uh, you know, I think hate's always a strong word, right. and uh, so I don't want to ever use hate, but uh, Jerem and Steve, you guys were probably at Carl's funeral. Yeah. And, uh, it, you know, maybe you, you recall Chris's well, Chris final remarks up there. <laughs> um, so, so, you know, that just shows you that, 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 um, you know, that uh, the competitiveness, I don't know, again, I don't want to call it hate, but the rivalry. And, uh, so I have a couple stories and maybe we can share them at other times, but <laughs> one of the stories that stands out is, um, Carl, uh, you know, in skates, they just didn't want to, Carl didn't want to give skates ever any time in the Smithfield house, you know, the day before matches. And so he'd always send them over to the RB. And right when there was a coaching change, I was a part of that team. And so, you know, skates kind of came up to us and uh, just said, you know what, this is the first time I've ever practiced in the Smithfield house before a match against BYU. Because uh, we, they, the coaches then let him in there. And he said, so, you know, when you come to UCLA, you're going to get to practice in poly for the first time ever or some, something along those lines. So maybe there's some inaccuracies there, but I do recall that. Uh, I recall some other ones that probably aren't appropriate for. <laughs> we'll secretly uh, record you when you're telling us those stories. <laughs> and 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 uh, but yeah, there, it was a rivalry and those guys got at it and it carried over. But uh, there is a very healthy relationship between us and, and the Bruins. I think uh, very highly of John and um, but we're still going at each other's throats when we've got to recruit and then we're going at each other's throats when we're competing and it's probably going to continue for quite some time. Yeah, and it's fun to see their brothers on each team. That just gives you a sense of the rivalry as well. So that's that's great stuff. We look forward to the match again tonight, 6 Eastern on BYU TV. Sean, we appreciate the time here on the, the maiden voyage of Over the Top. We're going to chat each week together. Awesome. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, Sean. Sean Olmstead, head coach of the BYU Cougars. Okay, let's finish with this. The 80s or 90s TV show or movie of the week, Steve? So mine's kind of a sort of 80s-ish, but it's it's recent. So Cobra Kai just... It's, oh, it's so good. It, I love it's it. It's so bad it's so good. Like, it's, <laughs> like, I keep watching it because I can't turn it off. But it's... It, anyway, a little melodramatic, but there's a... It's a, really, a spoiler-free environment. Oh, that's true, yeah. Well, so again, careful. so I'm not even all the way caught up yet. I'm in season three, but I haven't finished Which it. Which came out a couple weeks ago. Right. But uh, so if you haven't gotten to that far, there might be a little bit of a spoiler here. But there was a really cool thing that I that I noticed. In fact, I, I got my kids all watching you know, the show. And then, of course, we've watched Karate Kid 100 times. But uh, Tommy, he just recently was on with, with the other guys from Cobra Kai, Bobby and uh what bobby tommy johnny anyway they're all they're all there so tommy was sick they they get him out of the hospital and they go on a little joyride on their bikes and uh very very similar to what they did in the in the movie back in the 80s anyway the last scene before tommy again spoiler alert tommy dies the last scene you see with him is him getting zipped up into a body bag and what was funny about that was the callback his big time moment on uh on the movie 
was, yeah, get him a body bag. So that was him that had said that. And then the last scene, of course, is him getting zipped up in a body bag. I thought that was so great. I'm like, oh, my gosh, what a cool little Easter egg. And I don't know how many people out there caught that or understood it. But, yeah, I thought that was super fun. They do that in the whole series. I mean, it is Little things like that. Yes, it is so awesome. Okay, that'll do it for us. The first over-the-top show has ended. We'll be back every Saturday throughout the season. Saturdays, 2.30 Eastern here on BYU Radio. On demand on the BYU Radio app. There's a podcast as well. For Davide Gardini, Sean Olmstead, producer Cole Wissinger, and Steve L. I'm Jerem Jordan. This has been Over the Top. <laughs>